Welcome to the DP30 Emmy Audio Pod. Hi. Hello. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. Let me close this window. Okay. Sorry, I'm in like the tiniest little apartment. So like, I just have to be on the floor. On today's show, Sasha Lane of Conversations with Friends. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, I'm just back in New York filming, which I just, I'm not a New Yorker, especially now. <laughs> it's just too much. It's too much energy for me. I just like chill out. Just chill yeah. out. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay, but I'm ready to be home again, of course. So this is on crowded room or something else? Crowded room. Yeah. yeah. You have, you, it's kind of amazing. You've kind of worked nonstop since you started working. Yeah. I'm like, you're like the first person to say that. Cause everyone's like, you know, wish I could see her more. I'm like, it's so weird because I feel like I'm always working, but I think I'm not out there. And then, you know, and I also live like a very like bubble I like my space. I like my, you know, privacy. I'm, I don't do a lot of extra. So it's like I'm working or I'm in my house. I'm, I'm not leaving. So. So were you that person before you were discovered as it were? Yeah. I've always been more of like, I've always been an introvert. I've always kind of kept to myself. Um, the very few friends I have, it's like, that's my bubble. I don't need a lot. I think I used to maybe go out a little bit more, but I was always a person that's like, mm, I'd rather, I'd rather have like a two to three max hangout of a group and then, and then leave. So were, were, were you, had you ever thought about being a person in front of the camera before you became a person in front of the camera? No, it's, it's the complete opposite is the none of this is what I would have expected. It's not what I wanted. My brother did, he did theater and all that. And I was just more like, I'm going to go dip off somewhere. And I don't know, like start a safe haven for kids. And I don't know, just like, leave me alone. I, <laughs> I'm like the <laughs> furthest person who wants to be, I don't know how I, 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 it's still a mystery to me how I managed to be here. Ironically, I think Andrea Arnold feels the same way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've been I, trying to get an Andrea Arnold interview for about 15 years now. Oh, yeah. That's never it's <laughs> no, it's going to be random. One day she's going to call you maybe in like 30 years and be like, hey, I'm down. Other yeah, it's than been booked that, like 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> and canceled at the last minute every single time. Yes, that is good old Andrea. A hundred percent. So was her her bringing you into this define how you want how you're having the experience of being an actor? Yeah, I think in a weird way, there's like a good and bad with that. I think it's why I'm very careful about the projects I do. And, you know, I want to be good with the director. I want to <clears throat> feel the script and at least be able to attach to my character in a way that it's not going to be fake. I get our job is to pretend, but on the, you know, on the flip side is if someone's going to connect with you, you have to have some form of like authenticity with it right. um and I think that has definitely kind of skewed my career in terms of like I don't really care about doing certain films or working with certain people because I come from Texas and I don't really know who you are in the first place you know I don't I don't know and so if I like it I like it if I don't I don't and also I think that was such a 
kind of gnarly experience in terms of like it wasn't how most films are made and you start to learn a lot and kind of the blend of people it's just made me a bit kind of I, I think it's helped solidify the fact that like it, it just really doesn't fucking matter. This is a really hard job. This is a hard fucking industry. It's dirty. It's like, you know, it, it's a power struggle. It's, it's all, there's so many other factors in it. So if I do not like what is in front of me and the, at least the one person that I'm supposed to be working with, like the director, then it really, it does, it's not going to do me any justice. It's going to send me in a downward spiral and I don't want to end up dead in a hotel over a film that people are going to say is shit and talk their shit about anyways and it's not going to help me with my you know it's just kind of like it's not it's not worth it it's definitely not so is there in any of your roles have you felt like you were being asked to push outside of I mean you bring a certain energy from the very beginning from the first frames to everything there's a there's a there you have a um uh uniquely movie star or natural movie star way about you that you bring the material to you as opposed to you switching into the material. Yeah. Does that seem reasonable? Yeah, I, I definitely, yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. I think that's, it's, I think that's just kind of how I've always operated because like I said, if, if I don't have anything with it and also I go into this kind of like, I'm pretty much chosen for everyone just wants some form of emotion they like it's it is I understand that you're taking from me basically what I've naturally come with Mm -hmm. which is a lot I come with a shit ton of baggage not even in the sense of like you have to deal with a lot it's just I've experienced a lot very early and I've also grown very quickly um and I know that's that's what they want me for and it's what I'm here to do and it's hard sometimes you know you're kind of like I got to pull on some trauma here because I'm not going to bullshit you, but I need to find ways to help balance that and, you know, make it a little bit more, I guess, professional. So there's longevity in it, but yeah, that's why I also have to like take my time and be very choosy because I don't come to just make someone laugh. I come to basically give you tears and deep emotion. So it's not an easy light so do you feel like your directors have all kind of figured that out? Some, I mean, a movie like Cowboy, for instance, you know, there's a machinery to it. There's a size yeah. to it. There's a comic book behind it, all of that yeah. stuff. And, and Neil Marshall seems to work both sides of that street pretty well in terms of emotion and action. Um, but does he, you, you come in when he's kind of expecting you to be what you are and he lets I you think- go? Yeah, I think I always come in as like a grounding factor. If, if it's something like that, um, then I come in as like, this is how we keep this on the ground a little bit. Same with Loki. Um, same with being in something like Cameron Post opposite of Chloe. It's like, okay, we need that to bounce off. We need two right. opposites to kind of keep this, you know, working well. And And yeah, I think they kind of, you know, I think people see me, especially back then and before my daughter and after American Honey, it's like, I can tell when someone thinks what my energy is going to be. You either right. think I'm, I'm going to bring the emotion I'm gonna bring all this, or you think I am going to be this wild card, you know, like Daniel isn't real. And it's like, you're going to be this electric kind of like 
sexy thing. And I'm really like, I am not that, but I understand that that's what you expect and think of me because of some of the films I've done. And you know what, then I'll just, then I'll, I'll kind of give you that in my own version. And it, you know, I think it, it works because it's still me, but it's just dialing up something or turning yeah. it down because I understand why you chose me. So. Well, Desiree on Cameron Poe definitely needed somebody who could keep up with Chloe. I mean, that was, I think the challenge of that role was that that power that Chloe naturally has needed yeah. somebody who could actually match it as opposed yeah. to just get you know lost in it. Yeah, this is, yeah, it's, it's true. Like you, and I think that's kind of the good when the director does it right is they understand that like, okay, you got to be able to keep up, but also offer something different. And it's not just technical acting and proper schooling. Mm -hmm. You are kind of getting a bit of a wild card with me because I didn't come from schooling. I didn't come from this like pure passion to be in this industry. I'm here because so far, okay. It's, I, I can feel it. I like it. All right. We'll see how it is. And I'm going to bring you as real as I can. And so it, I am the opposite, you know, kind right. of her, but also thankfully can keep up with it because I've dealt with people in crazy situations and different personalities my whole life. I think half of it is psychology. And that's the part that I think allows me to be able to keep up with certain people is if I know how to read you, then I know how to go against that as well. You know, I mm -hmm. can, I can mirror your energy basically. So has craft changed a lot for you, the craft of acting over the time or? I think, I think, yeah, I think once Utopia hit and, and I was also pregnant at the same time, I had to learn longevity. Cause right before that I was basically done. I was like, cool, I'm going to do this project. I'm going to dip. I don't like it. Like I'm out. And over the course of filming that I kind of had to say like, how do you stay here? You know, you, what do you, if you, you, there is a reason that you're still here. So you got to remember your purpose and how do you stay? Because you cannot, I always think of it in the back of my mind. I don't, I care too much about my life now to one, just let it go to waste and two, let something that is important to me, but also kind of superficial in the world of it's a job destroy me in that way so I have to have a little bit of technique to rely on mm -hmm. um when I need a balance I need a I need a wall between like a distance between my personal feelings and what I have to deliver because it's written um so I think mm -hmm. I've started trying to at least get better on balancing that part you know I can still give you the emotion you need I can still feel how I feel about each sentence and word but at the same time I can't go home and just be like completely destroyed over a problem that isn't really mine because I am not who was on that paper you know yeah, so, yeah. No, it's funny I've had that conversation with a few actresses who are very I guess methody might be the word it's probably not the right word but uh, but who take home the work mm -hmm. and to their and they realize that after a while they can't you know if they're playing Lady Macbeth taking it home to the kids is not such a good idea yeah it's exhausting and it's going to burn you out. And it's also going to make an already hard job harder because it never leaves you, you know? So yeah. you have to, you have to be able to find that. So did, so I don't know if you had a kid, had the kid or didn't have the kid. On, I guess you must have on conversation yeah. with friends. Yeah. So how did that, did that change the work for you or was it just somebody who you were thinking about getting home to? Uh, a little bit of, 
I, so I had her right after Utopia and then the pandemic and everything. And when I went to conversations with friends, it was the first time I brought her um, because it was an extended period of time. And at first it was just kind of like, shit, this is hard. It's really hard waking up, getting her ready and then going to work and coming back. And I just want to make sure she's bathed and all those things. And then it became, I remember there was like a very distinct moment of me saying, I care so much about this job. Like I very genuinely do. And I care about Lenny and everyone who's working on this. I need to make the space and time to be able to properly study and ask the questions I want to ask and dive into this character. That way I know that when I'm at work, it's not me just being gone because I'm making a paycheck or because, you know, I'm just kind of halfway into this. It's because it's for a specific reason and you're going to see my, my passion and my care through the result of this project. And so when I also am home, no, I'm not going to go off and do this or do that. I am at home and I can put my energy into my daughter because I also have left Bobby. And now I am just your mom who's probably worse, <laughs> but like, and we're here, you know, I just get to be your mom and I get to be the sister and all that. And it's, that was my moment of, I care actually a lot about my work. And I also care about my family and I need to make sure that they are also being fed my energy as well in my time, because it's not fair to them to have me just come back exhausted and over it and still carrying all these things that aren't even real and have nothing to do with them. So yeah, it's, it's, it's giving me a little bit more of a kind of strong placement of how I feel about why I'm still in this industry and and it's going to make me even choosier about my projects. It just has to be worth it. There's a lot more at stake now. Well, Lenny is one of those guys who makes it worth it, I think. 100%. He's such a sweet man and such a smart man. Yeah. He's that it's, yeah. He makes the family on the set differently than some people. Yeah, I think it, I think all of us felt that it was, we were one big family and we truly cared about our personal lives and he truly cared about the work. It doesn't matter if you had one line that day, that line was the most important thing because he was going to put his energy into your line just as much as anyone else. And that to me, like, I had a lot of respect for him because of that. It, you just always felt important and you felt included and you felt like what you were doing was important. And that's also what made me want to work even harder. Well, your character has a lot more uh, presence than dialogue, I'd say, mm -hmm. in the show. This is very true. I come in with like a, a little slide comment and then I just watch. Yeah. <laughs> watch the mania happen. Yeah, I assess the situation. I'm like, y'all are crazy. But. <laughs> I'll bring the wine. So do you look for what is you in there or do you look for how the character from outside of you might come? Um, I look, I think I start off looking for me, like through the auditioning process, the reading process, the beginning, I have to feel like I am this person. It, it kind of gets, so I pull everything that I feel like I can connect with, even if it's just, um an idea or like with Bobby I was like oh everyone sees her as one way because she's the most outspoken and because she's bold and because she's you know grabs the attention of people 
And I kind of referenced that back to like, everyone saw American Honey and thought I was like this larger than life person. And then they meet me in real life and they're like, oh, you're really quiet. And you're like quite fragile and get really small. I'm like, yeah, I'm a terrified human being. I'm not that Mm -hmm. like, I, I don't, I think I'm the worst speaker. I think this, but somehow everyone keeps so inviting me. I don't know. So it's like you pull those things. And then the more you get into it, the more you start to, especially with TV, which is brilliant because you have more time, but you start to just go, okay, I can't react to Sasha because Sasha would definitely not still be in this room right now, but Bobby has to be because it's written in the script. So how do I stay in this room? What would Bobby do then? Yeah. I think that's when you start thinking outside of yourself. Well, it's funny. Cause I looked through your Instagram in the process of trying to kind of get a handle on our conversation to come. And, you know, you look so at peace in full glam, you know, some of those outfits just hang on you. Just like, it's, it's almost surreal. It's like, it just almost like you were meant to be in that outfit somehow. And I get the feeling that's not you, but yet you seem so at peace. I think I'm very choosy with it too. I am a moody motherfucker. Like I, I need, and this is why it's, you know, my stylist knows this too. If I don't like the outfit, you're going to see it on my face. I'm literally going to be in that camera like this. <laughs> I, I'm, I can't fake it. I, I, my face is, has so many expressions. So I'm like, if I don't like it, I'm going to be miserable. And you're going to tell I'm miserable. And I think they learned over the course of the years that if I don't like what I'm wearing, it's going to look like it. <laughs> and it, then we're going to suck. So I have to find my middle ground. And sometimes I'm in things that maybe I would prefer to be in tennis shoes and my sweatshirt. Clearly, like I could have got dressed for this. And I was like, no, Um, I would rather be in my sweats. But every once in a while, like, like I had schizoaffective disorder. I heard voices. I had moods that went up like this. Mm -hmm. If I want to feel like a fairy, then put me in a sparkly dress, paint my nails, and I'm going to float like a fairy because I don't have natural energy. So I'm going to fake it till I make it. And that's how I choose my outfits is how do we make this to be the mood that I need to be, or that I'm feeling right now, because in 30 minutes, I'm going to drop again. And if I'm in my sweats and I drop, then you're going to get straight face. And that's not going to work for these camera people. And they're going to hate me in the interview because I'm going to be blunt. Therefore (laughs) I have to wear a pretty skirt and like shiny shoes. Have people been cautious with you doing interviews? Has that been a thing? Yeah, like in the beginning, I was very, I think, raw, you know, Mm -hmm. so like if you were to say something that I didn't like, there was no like, there was no training and what's the perfect answer, which is kind of like, fuck you, like why are you, (laughs) or you say it about, you know, when people would be like, Elvis Presley's granddaughter, Riley, I'm like, her name's Riley, the fuck does he have to do with it, you know, she made this film, I get like, that's me, and so I think they started learning like, okay, she's not going to try to be on her best behavior because to me, the what is real is my best behavior. I will be nice. I am a nice, kind person, but don't fuck with me. I'm good with that myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had people who fucked with me and I'm okay with that too. That's, yeah. you know, like, I just want to know why. I don't necessarily, you know, sometimes yeah. I think I deserve it and sometimes I think I don't. Yeah, but yeah. Generally not there to poke people or make them unhappy. It's yeah. And you can tell when people are doing it just to be assholes or they're just doing their job or wanting to ask, like, I don't mind a hard question. I don't mind whatever. I'll never just be rude. But at the same time, I think I came from the fact of like, I am a person and you know, I don't care about this other stuff. So (laughs) we're going to get real. We'll get real. That's fine. Well, that's the whole purpose of this format for interviews for me 
is that the, you know, the five minute interviews are like, no, that's not going to, because it does, you know, it's hard to ask, not to ask the same question over and over again. And Mm -hmm. who want, what value does this have in the world anymore? You know, it's everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) You can get those same five answers, you know, 25 different places. Yeah, exactly. eh. And you don't really get enough of, I either don't like to talk or I'll talk. Like I like a conversation. I'm, I'm cool with this. You can have your pauses and your moments, but if it's just like this and it's the same ones, like, like I said, you'll see it on my face. I'm just like, yeah. it was a beach. I was found on a beach. Literally everyone knows the answer to that. Well, I, the first thing that came up about you on the internet was that you don't like being asked about the beach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, good. I'm glad now finally it's out there. because Somebody me- figured it out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, unless we're going to go deep and we're going to talk about voices and give me time, but like a 30 second response of the same short story, I'm like, I'm here. So have you, has your condition improved or settled or? Yeah, I think it was, it was through my pregnancy. I think I had a harsh reality of basically like no meds, completely sober, no vices, no cigarettes, no anything, no you know, escape, no like way to be like, oh, I'm only feeling that or hearing that because I've smoked like a bunch of weed. It was like a blame, you know, I could easily be like, I'm tripping because of this. And I had no opportunity for that. I was, I had no thing to run to and hide behind. It was just me, myself, this human feeding off what energy I had and work. And I think I had to get really spiritual. I had to get really honest and it slowly just, I think I started becoming a lot stronger, especially during the pandemic as well, which in a weird way, somewhere the opposite. But for me, I was like, I got, it's like survival mode. I got to go. And then slowly, like I just, one day it was weird. I just like stopped hearing them, which Mm -hmm. was kind of scary, Um, but good. And I regulated my moods. I can tell a lot better when I'm slowly starting to feel somewhere. But instead of going like this, they're more just like, like a little bump, a little bump in the road, mm. whether it's down or up. Do you um, think the work has, do you think doing this work over this last five or six years helped you in that regard or it made it made more it complicated? Yeah, I, I've never been worse than I did when once I started this work. It like, I went completely downhill and that's what was really kind of scary. I was on a really bad path because as crazy as this work is, and then you have what I do, which is bring us emotion, think of trauma, all this. It just was feeding into it. And I'm a loner. So I don't, it's not like I'm going out and hanging out with people. I'm just being consumed constantly. And it's, I, that obviously doesn't help. And I don't like activities. So my therapist is like, go, mm. go take a walk around the park. And I'm like, yeah, that's cute. I'll do that. Sure. <laughs> no, I'm not. Like, I'm going to go sit in the same chair that I sit in always and stare and think and spiral. And yeah, so I personally had to do that fucking work by myself mm. in order to stay in this career and fulfill my purpose and also keep going. I just needed longevity. Well, again, the image that people have of you from American Honey I think it's easy to forget you're 26 now <laughs> that you're a kid. I mean, you're really a kid. It's not like yeah. a kid is a bad thing, but you're a young person still yeah. you know, figuring it out. In I, real life. I agree. 
it's, it's, I think I would, it was Riley who I remember one day told me, she was like, Sasha, you're 20 years old. Like you're fucking 20. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> you, like, oh yeah, you're so right. This is so true. And even now to this day, I'm like, wait, I'm 26. I'm 26. It is okay. Like just, you know, it's a lot of, I think, pressure sometimes that you get with this kind of world and things that we deal with and the decision makings that we have and stuff, you know, it's like big decisions and things that you're involved in. And it's a lot already for just adulthood in general, but yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm 26, like. And a parent. I mean, that's a, that's another giant weight in everybody, yeah. every, anybody's life at any age. Mm-hmm. It's a and lot. Not a lot of people, I think in my same age group in terms of this industry have kids. So now I'm in a weird boat of like, you know, I can't just get on a plane. I, you can't just hit me up randomly. And also, yeah, I'm tired in, in between works. It's like, I have to, I'm still on the phone talking about diarrhea with my kid, you know, in the midst of this and then planning her childcare because this fucked up and now we have to do a different day. It's, there's so many things to juggle. And I think that's also why I worked really hard because there's very few things that I feel I get to enjoy because I'm always crammed with like worry and work and everything. And so when I have my little piece, my little house in Georgia, I'm like, just leave me be. Well, it's one of the great things about having a kid too, is that, it, I mean, in a weird way, even though it's diarrhea, it's the, it's the first or the only or the rare, yeah. whatever time you're going to have that experience with your kid. Yeah. Every one of them is precious, even if they mm -hmm. seem terrible. Yeah. You want to have them. Those little smile, you know, I get that little smile and hugs. I told her today, I was like, two more sleeps and I'm home, two more sleeps. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> She knows, she knows two more sleeps and you know, that's exciting and that makes you smile and it just makes you go, okay, let me work harder and make sure that what I'm doing here is not wasting my time away. So do you watch yourself? No, like after or during? Either. Um, I might watch after because if we're doing a screener or something like that. And also now, you know, like I haven't seen conversations with friends minus when I had to do the ADR and stuff. Right. But um, if like, I definitely want to see because my whole goal is to get better. And if I'm not looking at what I've done, then I don't know my face. I don't know what I'm giving. You know, I just know how I feel. So I definitely want to get better. So in order to do that, if I could watch my work and see, did that make you cringe? Because how could you make it better? You know, I think that's positive for me. But in terms of on set and looking at like playback and stuff it just is like i don't need that i don't need that kind of focus right but you have enough distance to actually see yourself and perhaps be critical but not like oh my god i hate that i hate that i hate that yeah you're worried about like even if you looked at your hair wrong or your outfit right. or you start focusing on those things your whole day is just going to be like how you sat when really how you sat was comfortable and it was natural and it was how you think you should sit so yeah, if I can just do the finished product a year from when it was made, then it's like, I can't change it. So I can only get better at watching it. Have you felt that you were miscut in anything yet? Or are you still kind of, your directors have been pretty supportive mostly, it seems like. Yeah, like miscut as in like. That wasn't quite the performance I was trying to give or didn't get in what I wanted to get in or. Um, if anything, I feel like it was probably like my fault. 
in mm. terms of um, maybe I wasn't feeling it as hard as I wanted to. And that could be, you know, it could be everyone's fault, but purely my fault because I'm the only one in control necessarily of my performance. You could get as much help as you want, but if you aren't really feeling it and you're not delivering, and I think there's maybe some like middle projects where I'm like, <laughs> you know, I think like Daniel isn't real. I think I was just kind of like, uh, but what am I going to do? You know? Well, and conversely, is it fun when something like Loki, which is so kind of pop and, mm -hmm. and fun and, and kids are watching and everything else, is that fun in a different way or is it all the same? I think, yeah, I think so. Because it's like, one, it's a little less pressure, even though it's Loki, which is, should be more. But, you know, I wasn't there to really like, wow, this is the deliverance of everything of my career. It's just right. like, oh, I get to be in like a kind of underground Marvel situation. And I knew my sisters liked Marvel. And so it kind of made me feel like, do you think I'm cool yet? <laughs> um, you know, like that kind of stuff. And, and, and like hearts beat loud to me. It was like, we had, you know, our emotional scenes and stuff, but it was like a feel good movie. We weren't out here to like crush your soul and to teach you hard, hard lessons. It was just a feel good. And sometimes those are just nice. Like that's why I just want to be in an animation. I just want to be like a talking lamp who just, you know, I'm begging, just me, just make me a talking lamp so I can show my kid and my work can just like, I don't know, I could, could like giggle. Singing talking lamp or just a talking lamp? No, not the singing, just a talking lamp. Not the know? singing, okay. So the singing is not coming, that's not your next thing? No. Okay. No level of coaching that could fix. <laughs> we don't need that. You never know. I every mean, I, once in a while. every birthday, every birthday I'm like, send me a voice. And then I wake up and I test it. And so far, um, <laughs> but like you said, I'm only 26. So maybe, maybe later. My son is 12 and he loves to sing mostly to Queen and he the lyrics now, you know, come up on your phone and everything. Mm -hmm. So he really knows everything, but he really can't sing it. Yeah. He's really, it's not happening. So tell him, huh? Do you tell him that he can't sing? I do not. My wife wants to, but I keep on asking her not to and just yeah. let him enjoy it. Yeah. Cause he sings at the top of his voice. Yeah. The passion. Uh, yeah. I feel you. That's good. Yeah. Just let him, let him have his moment. And then I'm not on. sure if a class will help or whether his, his, you know, going through uh, puberty will help more, you mm -hmm. know, his voice will change and then maybe he'll be a baritone, you know, be baritone all of a sudden. Exactly. Fabulous singer. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> or, or he's just going to stick to a shower and at home and it's that could fine. be. Yeah. His children will someday complain about his singing in the car. And then that's their problem. <laughs> this is inevitable. <laughs> So have you watched, you've, have, you have watched Children's with Friends, Conversations with Friends, sorry. I'm so stuck on children this weekend. You know, um, you're the fourth interview I've done this last few days and really? every single one of them has talked about their kids. It's funny, it's like I three on Friday. Yeah. And all of them ended up talking about their kids before it was over, like in depth. They were like, yeah. here's it's how the so kids affect my life and my work. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like, it's one of those things where I was like, don't be that bitch who goes out and talks about her kid at like the bar, but I am that bitch. I, I am, I'm that girl. I'm going to show you a picture because also what else am I going to talk about? Like I either work or I'm with my kids. It's literally my life. Um, but I have, I saw the unedited versions over the course of the ADR timing. Mm -hmm. So maybe like end of last year and 
kind of the January, February stage, I saw it. And thankfully I did not cringe as much. I thought maybe the first three, it was like, okay, you were just getting into it. I'm not going to be mad at you, but you were just getting into it. And then the rest, but I haven't seen it in full. Like I would skip over certain things because I was there to like, just know what my scenes were right. are, and it was more of a mission and I was going to wait to like properly watch it. And now I don't know why I have it. I'm just like, you're working. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. There's I've been doing press and I've been working. So it's kind of like, just not, not the time. So how was everybody else <laughs> <laughs> on this show? Yeah, they're good. I like them. I actually just hung out with Jemima like yesterday. Um, but no, they're, they're all, they all have different personalities. I think we're like four complete opposites, but at the same time, get along so well and kind of mesh very well. Like it just works. It's one of those friendships and kind of settings that just worked. And Lenny chooses really good people around him too. So everyone on like the crew is really cool. And we actually, yeah, we just became like a really close family that you eventually after six months want to get away from for a bit. (laughs) And was your downtime as pretty as your on-camera time? Yeah. Some of those locations were breathtaking. They were amazing, especially like the Croatia was amazing. I made the best of that. Um, And I liked Belfast more than everyone else. I wasn't really a Dublin kind of person, but I liked Belfast. And I made, I had a nice little Airbnb with like a backyard and my brother was there. So like, I definitely enjoyed the off days for sure. So it sounds like you've spent the last six years kind of figuring out how all this works for you best. Yeah. And now you're kind of ready for the next six years. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I think, I think I'm, I'm done being guilty about how I started, which was been really hard for me. Um, and I think that kind of hindered me a bit because it was like, sorry, sorry, like, <laughs> sorry, I don't know. I just like, I don't know why I'm here. Sorry. And, and in life and everything. And now I'm just kind of like, no, I'm here. I don't have time or energy for it to go to waste. I'm not going to self-sabotage myself. And yeah, I'm just ready. I think I feel really positive about where life is headed and career wise. Um, Fingers crossed. So yeah, I think I'm on it. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. Sounds like your kid has a nice comfortable place too. Yeah. Mommy, happy mommy. Yeah. That's like the, she's such a happy kid and the happier I am the happier she is and like that's all you can ask for the rest I'm just like you know it's out of my control but if I can control that one thing then we're good so it sounds like you're not even thinking about like five years from now two years from now what will come in the future you're just kind of going to ride the surf I'm going to ride it that's always how I've been I'm very like fixated and focused and details and I'll you know think of I can be kind of like calculated in certain little things. Like I definitely think, but when it comes to like, my goal is to blah, blah, blah. They're usually more closer to the present. And also you just got to ride the wave. And if COVID and everything has taught us anything is that nothing goes as planned about 99% of the time. So there's no point in fighting against that current. There's no point of having a concrete plan that your whole life is going to go into shambles. If it doesn't happen, it's not like worth putting that much energy into it because you never know. Yeah. I think that's the hardest thing to figure out when you're in your twenties. 
in your 30s, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> is to just calm down and the world's going to continue even if something shitty happens. Exactly. It's going to keep on going and maybe something bigger is going to happen and better and or it's going to get shittier and then maybe in a year it gets better. You just yeah. don't know. And I've been tired my whole life. So at this point, I'm kind of like, you know, just going to go as wherever life takes me. And right now I'm in New York. So. <laughs> Enjoying the lovely weather of New York. Lovely weather in the honking of New York. In the honking of the endless honking of New York. They're always angry. <laughs> but they're angry in a loving way. I don't know what that means exactly. There's something about, I love New York, but it's a weird place for sure. Yeah, they're very passionate people. But yeah, it's, I, which I admire, but I think it's just the aggression of, in the, I don't know. I think yeah. now it's like, it's like, I don't know. You already know you're not turning right in the next two minutes. You might as well just <laughs> I had a cousin who used to say the reason New Yorkers hate Los Angeles so much is because there's nothing not to love. Right. It's too chill for them. They can't handle that much. Too like, much niceness. niceness. Yeah. <laughs> too easy. Like, everyone's high and relaxed and we're more like amped and stressed, but yeah. they love it. They love the stress. They do. <laughs> I love it when I'm there too, but you know. It's a part of it. It's its charm. And also it's, it's downfall. So it's good. I kind of for love the idea that you can't do everything. Yeah. There's so much going on. It's so yeah. great all the time. And you kind of have to pick. Yeah. Which block is it? Because you're, you know, yeah. are you going here? Are you going there? Like which great restaurant, which great show, which great mm -hmm. music performance, which there's always some, which club there's always something. So true. Everyone keeps hitting me up, like hitting me up to do things. I'm like, there's so many options. I know. I, I forgot that I don't hang out. So. I just want to take a nap. Yeah. Read a good book. Exactly. <laughs> I'll do like one time out of each visit. And then I'm like, whew. Got that over with. <laughs> and we're done. I'll see you in the next round, maybe. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Of course. I appreciate it. And the uh, performance is great. And, it, and it, this whole thing is fascinating because it really is like you were kind of born to it in this in this interesting way. And it's so early, really, by most career standards that it's going to give a long, long time to, to evolve. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that happens. I'm into it. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. And have a great last couple of days before you get to go home, home, home. Yay. <laughs> have a good one. Thanks. Take care. Bye bye.